like a tour guide of Kansas City, west the Westport area and Kansas City right now, and the theme is supposed to incorporate climate change. Cool. And I've been doing a lot of research on the local impact. Well, of you know what change. the coolest thing about what you just said was? Huh. If you're doing freelance writing, you now have. Oh, you're fine. Some people don't know basic podcast <laughs> etiquette, but you know. But no, the coolest thing is, is now you have a pluggable for <laughs> the end of the show. Right, yeah. You're like, hey. <laughs> so, but we're not there yet. We're only, you know, four minutes and thirty. All my writing pseudonym. Uh, we're all gonna die. That's that's my <laughs> writing pseudonym. Well, that ties in perfect. So I could easily find a million stories like those I just shared. Death Valley is flooding as well as the Yellowstone River. Temperatures are up across the board, and Europe just experienced a massive heat wave that left a devastation of lives lost in its wake, while there is standing water of melted ice caps at the North Pole. Why? Because the Earth is heating up, and we're finally accepting that as a societal truth. The world we know is no longer viable, and we need to start planning for that. We're beyond conjecture at this point. The evidence is all around us, and it's too big to ignore. Man bear pig is real. Exactly. <laughs> First, I need you guys to say that I was right and I was super serious. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah I, I noticed my when I interviewed Santa Claus the other day for my Christmas episode. <laughs> I need to listen to that one. He sounds a lot like like Al Gore. No, like Santa Claus oh. in <laughs> South Park. In South Park. Yeah. yeah, I mean they they nailed his likeness perfect. So, <laughs> but yes, it's real. The time of pretending like it's all gonna sort itself out is over. The time of acceptance has begun. So, what can we expect in a more detailed manner? Well, the scientists at the National Oceanographic and Atmospheric Administration have this to say. Quote, this is from their website. Quote, global temperatures rose about 1.8 degrees Fahrenheit, which is 1 degree Celsius, from 1901 to 2020. Sea level rise has accelerated from 1.7 millimeters a year throughout most of the 20th century to 3.2 millimeters a year since 1993. Glaciers are shrinking. Average thickness of 30 well-studied glaciers has decreased more than 60 feet since 1980. The area covered by sea ice in the Arctic at the end of summer has shrunk by about 40% since 1979. And the amount of carbon dioxide in the atmosphere has risen by 25% since 1958 and by about 40% since the Industrial Revolution. Snow is melting earlier compared to long-term averages, end quote. We love our glaciers, don't we, folks? Oh, yeah. We're going to miss our glaciers. You know, if glaciers gave out something important like Wi-Fi, we would actually care enough to save them. Yeah. I mean, I've been in some of those national parks. It would be kind of nice to text people, hey, the bear's about to eat me. But <laughs> That's interesting. I actually went to Glacier Park a couple of years ago, and, you know, when you go to different areas or live in different areas and see the impacts of local climate change that was one that really stuck out to me they were just like yeah the glaciers are pretty much gone now in the summer and it's just it's wild to and you think it's that. happening like here in our glaciers and then you like extrapolate that yeah. to everything like further north of us where it's like where yeah it's like <laughs> and smart people like us can see that like you know if an ice cube and a glass melts the water level you know it's yeah. gonna rise like eventually and where's all this water going that's melting in the summer right yeah. i like reading the articles like every five years it seems they choose a new state to compare the latest glacier <laughs> that broke off it's like it started out you know maybe 30 years ago it was like oh a glacier the size of um 
uh, Springfield, Missouri, bro. Yeah. <laughs> and you're like, and now it's like <laughs> a glacier the size of Connecticut. Exactly. And before long, it'll be like a glacier the size of Florida. And at that point, we won't have a Florida. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, so yeah, the science is definitive. It's getting hot in here. No, I, I'm not going to sing it, despite the fact that... You I, got to. Okay, it's getting hot here. <laughs> and this isn't me over here trying to, you know, like, black pill y'all and give y'all a big dose of doom. I'm, I'd be doing y'all a major disservice to downplay these effects, and I think that the impartial findings of real scientists show that I'm not doomsaying. I wish I was, if I'm be being honest. I wish this was all in my head, a setup to maybe establish my cult, but it's not. I'm just an opportunist, and I'm taking advantage of the fact, you know, as it's happening. But I didn't plan it that way. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, so we're going to take a quick ad break for my cult. And when we come back, we're going to go in-depth about what all those numbers name, uh, mean. But first, uh, here's some ads. This podcast brought to you by Lithium. Lithium yeah. mining is one of the most <laughs> eco-friendly... <laughs> 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 yeah this yes yes so support our sponsors at big lithium <laughs> go uh to find their website and enter code redlegpod to get 10 percent off your t first 20 metric tons of of raw lithium you can sponsor a cia coop in bolivia today by <laughs> whoa, 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 subscribing whoa, whoa, whoa. just in negotiations with the cia <laughs> well i mean i'm being surveilled but i think that counts right <laughs> all right here's I just got my hours cut again? How can I pay my bills? Yeah, it sucks, especially since they only pay us minimum wage. But what can we do? Solidarity Man. That's right, fellow workers. It is I, Solidarity Man, champion of the working class, and it sounds like you need a union. A union? That's right. What power on earth is weaker than the feeble strength of one? So a union makes us strong? That's right. Alone, you can do little to change your situation, but together you can move mountains, and the industrial workers of the world are here to help. Huh? The IWW is a union for all workers, no matter the trade, job, or career, and we want to organize your workplace. Wow. Where can we find the IWW? In your hometown. The IWW has branches all over the world. Check out IWW.org to find your local membership board or join as an at-large member and start your own chapter. After all, our greatest superpower is working together. I must go. I hear another exploited worker calling for help. But remember, the working class and the employing class have nothing in common. Away! Hey, capitalism sucks, but Revolution Records, Kansas City's old-school record and bookstore, is part of my community. When I'm in Kansas City and need a book or a copy of a local band's album, I go to Revolution Records. Revolution has a great selection of posters, books, records, tapes, and zines. Plus, they repair music and sound gear. That's pretty dope. Most importantly, Revolution Records is part of the community beyond being a small business. The staff does a great job maintaining an inclusive, accepting, and respectful atmosphere, and they also are active in making Kansas City a better place. Community fundraisers, workshops, events, and meetings all have taken place at Revolution Records, and that's just the stuff I was involved in. So the next time you need a new record to spin or your speaker breaks, go check out Revolution Records, located 1830 Locust Street, Kansas City, Missouri, or at revolutionrecordskc.com.
fixed my microphone, I hope, because I've redone this twice now. Uh, yeah, so, yeah, how are you feeling about the science of climate change? Um, well, sometimes it feels a little over my head. I mean, I've done research and I've read the ICCP reports and all that. Well, I haven't read through the whole thing, but, like, the summary. Yeah. Um, and, like, the the... I feel like climate change is one of those things where it it doesn't really make a whole lot of sense until it impacts you on a personal level. You know what I mean? Yeah, and I think like we we're already seeing that, but you have to be able to like make the connections and sometimes that making the connections feels like that meme where the guy's got all the shit on the wall uh. and you know, you're the conspiracy theory. But it's it's really like kind of like simpler than I think a lot of people make it like for example you know the price of food is going up and part of that is supply chain issues part of its price gouging by you know big companies part of it is climate change is affecting our our supplies Mm -hmm. Um, I don't have any research because this is on this because it's you know an off-the-cuff conversation but I do know the price of potatoes of like we can't have that can we no god no (laughs) Huh. The Irish have I revolted for less. <laughs> <laughs> yes, all, all my ancestors are saying, not the potatoes. <laughs> Did you see there was like this YouTube video that went viral at the beginning. It was like an interview with or some kind of documentary. I forget who put it out. This uh, They were talking to a bunch of potato farmers and all these potato farmers were having to throw away like entire yields of crops because it was cost too much to, to export them to market or whatever. Yeah. And I don't think I've ever seen like a greater advertisement for a planned economy than watching that video. Yeah, right. <laughs> but you know, it affects our food food supplies. Um, it affects. I mean, for us, did you notice how it was like real cool, pretty late in the spring, and then just all of a sudden it was like hundred degree days. Yeah. And I mean, it fucking. Even from like yeah, fifteen years ago when I was younger, yes. it's it's night and day like yes. the temperatures. Totally, and that was where I was gonna go next. Like we used to actually have gradual seasonal change. We had jokes about it and stuff, and now it's like, hey, it's a roll of the dice. So it does affect us. But again, you have to sit and critically think about that. And I mean, I I have because you know I work outside, and when you're building fences and. 110 degree heat it's like oh why is it so hot it's only fucking june you know i did some solar installation and and i came at the end of the summer and so luckily i kind of missed most of the 110 degree days but i mean people like come close to death doing that job now like in a place you know we we don't live in like florida or alabama we live in missouri and obviously missouri gets hot but yeah not this hot like in the summer usually and not that early like not in june you know we usually have a few 90 90 95 degree days but this year it was like boom 100 degree boom 100 degree boom 100 degree so we're feeling it um so let's get back to the script here uh so there's the numbers It's a proven scientific fact that the world is heating up, and that affects our planet and us in a heap of different ways. Hey, we were just talking about this. Let's talk a bit about those, utilizing the same article from the National Oceanographic NOAA. I'm not going to spell it out every time. It's too many letters, or too many words that are big, and I haven't practiced. Okay, wait. NOAA is the acronym? Yeah. Literally? Yeah, the National Oceanographic and, like, Aviation... The Bible story. Yeah, yeah, except no H on the end. N-O-A-A. 
There we go. That's a good one. I'll just go by that. It's actually the website I get my uh, weather data from because all the other like weather sites get their data from yeah. the national weather data. So anyway, back to an article that one I was reading earlier. Quote, flooding is an increasing issue as our climate is changing. Compared to the beginning of the 20th century, there are both stronger and more frequently abnormal heavy precipitation events across most of the United States. Conversely, drought is also becoming more common, particularly in the Western United States. Humans are using more water, especially for agriculture. Much like we sweat more when it is hot out, higher air temperatures cause plants to lose or transpire more water, meaning farmers must give them more water. Both highlight the need for more water in places where supplies are dwindling. I think the answer to this is some kind of modification of the pituitary gland. That's what we're looking at. We're gonna, we're gonna science our way out of this shit. It's, it, look, look. If Musk can, you know, send a or whichever one can send a rocket into outer space, yeah. we ought to be able this a car to Mars, which right. is uh, well, the most logical next step of space exploration. Yeah, right. Well, I'll call up all my molecular biologist friends and, <laughs> and get them on this, you know. And if there's a paper, we we can at least be at all. <laughs> uh, so as the Lakota saying goes, water is life. So what are we, what are we going to do when we either have too much or too little of it? Like I mentioned earlier, on, actually on an uh, earlier show too, when we were playing catch-up earlier in the year, uh, Yellowstone Valley and Yellowstone National Park and Death Valley in California have experienced severe flooding in 2022. Meanwhile, the Ogallala Aquifer is depleting at an alarming rate here in the Midwest. The Ogallala Aquifer... That is a tongue twister. I love that word. It's so much fun to say, but Ogallala Aquifer. If y'all Ogallala. <laughs> That's if you're down south. You know? Talking about the Ogallala? <laughs> yep, the Ogallala. <laughs> uh, named after the Ogallala Sioux, who were badasses. Um, so we're, we're making, cloud, fun, dude, making right? fun of, of white people and how they mispronounce things, not Hell the yeah. tribe. <laughs> Mad respect. Um, but anyway, the aquifer is, if y'all don't know, is the primary source of groundwater for a large swatch of the Midwest and mountain states. And thanks to agriculture on a corporate scale, it's drying up. We're using more water than can be refilled by natural means. So we all learned about the water cycle in, you know, second grade or something. What we may not remember is, A... The rain doesn't have to stay where it comes from, right? Like I'm learning right now. So. Okay, well, <laughs> well, I know you. How many times did you did it take you to get through second grade? Uh, <laughs> let's not talk about. Yeah, it. let's move on. <laughs> so yeah, but you know, if it rains, we were always taught, you know, it rains, the water evaporates, become clouds, it rains again, yada yada. If you had a more in-depth diagram, you learned about groundwater mm-hmm. and how it, you know, seeps through and everything turns to steam eventually from fissures. Anyway, when the rain falls, there's nothing saying it's going to fall where it's needed, right? Because of weather patterns, wind patterns, all that. So, like, the water cycle's a thing, but it takes also a really long time for water, assuming it falls in the right place, to go through the filtration process to hit an aquifer. So that's what's happening out west with the aquifer. Where okay, I've been hearing about the Ogallala aquifer for like 20 years and I feel like 
kind of like Antarctica, like they talk about, oh, the, you know, all the ice is melting or Greenland or whatever. And they've been saying this aquifer is running up. Do we have the stats on where we're at percentage-wise with this thing? I actually believe that there is, uh, like, you know, statistical models. Yeah. I don't know if they're actually, you know, measured it out, but uh, I believe those are accessible. I do not have them because it's like a 5,000-word script. And <laughs> Come on, man. You got a Yo, you photographic know, memory. I, I'm shit. looking at my phone. What's stopping you from pulling it up? <laughs> don't even know how to phrase it so Google will find it, I bet, <laughs> which is why I write the scripts. <laughs> okay, Google, uh, how much water is left in the Ogala? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, did you say Ogre <laughs> I do not understand. <laughs> Don't uh, worry about it. <laughs> right. <laughs> Fuck off. <laughs> uh, let's see. Uh, the article also mentions reduced snowpack in the mountains, which exacerbate, uh, uh, exacerbates drought as well. A lot of the water, and particularly the western Midwest, comes from the snowpack melting in the mountains. True that. You ain't lying. That's an example of what I was just saying. It's not happening in the right place. Speaking of the West, a couple of years ago, I lived in Seattle, and we had our first, like, 110, 112-degree day, like, ever in the history of Seattle. Ah, uh, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, uh, it was fucking epically awful because nobody has air conditioning out there. Yeah, there's no infrastructure for it. So that's just an interesting yeah. little tidbit. Yeah, I remember on... My favorite podcast, they were running mutual aid ads for the cooling shelters during that for all the houseless folk. Uh, let's see. Which what? there's a lot of out there. Yeah, right. At least they got that going for them. A lot of Nazis, but at least a lot of mutual aid. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, yeah. One of our future episodes is going to be all about water because, well, we'll die without it. I'm acutely aware of the pun I just made. Get it? Well, <laughs> we'll die without it. Uh Water issues are only part of it. The article goes on, quote, Our food supply depends on climate and weather conditions. Although farmers and researchers may be able to adapt some agricultural techniques and technologies or develop new ones, some changes will be difficult to manage. Increased temperatures, drought, and water stress, diseases, and weather extremes create challenges for the farmers and ranchers who put food on our tables. End quote. Yeah. Interesting timing. I just read that we reached like the 8 billion mark the other day, like human population. Remember when it was 6 billion for like a bunch of long time? Yeah, right. <laughs> I guess we skipped seven. No, I, I vaguely remember hitting seven, but also it was like only seven. Yeah. Like, come get me when we're up to eight, man. Right. Yeah, so, uh, but this is why I harp so much on sourcing your own food as much as I can. Shout out to my homies that run Urban Farms here in KC. You should listen to my podcast so you know I'm offering you free commercials, but I'm not going to DM you because you have to actually support my stuff. See, it's it's some give and take, you know? Well, that's an interesting point because, like, that's been one of the big economic impacts of, like, climate change, I think, is going to be localization of production of everything, yeah. including food. Like, the be. breakdown of global supply chains. Like, I think, you know, COVID had a big impact on that, but I think it's been mainly driven by climate change yeah like, oh and it's been deteriorating for you know 20 years right. through various things so i really need to figure out a better way to put these mics so i can talk into the mic and actually be looking at yeah. who i'm talking yeah. to um a lot more expressive than looking into my pop filter <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so um but even yeah like you were saying eventually the methods and systems we currently use for food such as shipping and produce from latin america 
will no longer be a viable source for food as we've seen with the recent logistical issues. So we have to create local alternatives. We have to learn how to grow and share our food, learn animal husbandry, how to butcher, how to efficiently produce dairy eggs. I'm not marrying a fucking cow, okay? Animal husbandry, you know? Yo, yo. That's the second technology you learn on Civilization 3, I believe. You ever play that game? Animal no. husbandry is always no, like I, the I first one. I was more of an Age of Empires guy. Oh, fuck out of here. <laughs> <laughs> right, Sid, Sid Meier can suck Too my stressful. <laughs> anyway, moving on. <laughs> so, yeah, we need to learn how to do this stuff ourselves. So that's why our mutual aid efforts are so important to establish right now. So, uh, yeah, back to that really uplifting Noah article. Quote, Climate change is already impacting human health. Changes in weather and climate patterns can put lives at risk. Heat is one of the most deadly weather phenomena. As ocean temperatures rise, hurricanes are getting stronger and wetter, which can cause direct and indirect deaths. Dry, condi- <laughs> Dry conditions lead to more wildfires, which bring many health risks. Higher incidences of flooding can lead to the spread of waterborne diseases, injuries, and chemical hazards. As geographical ranges of mosquitoes and ticks expand, they can carry diseases to new locations. The most vulnerable groups, including children, the elderly, people with pre-existing health conditions, outdoor workers, people of color, and people with low income are at an even higher risk because of the compounding factors from climate change. But public health groups can work with local communities to help people understand and build resilience to climate change health impact. You hear that, folks? Cholera is going to make a comeback. <laughs> right? Look, when we have mass graves, or not mass graves, but really large uh, you know, graveyards from all the deaths that will happen from various reasons, whether it's climate change or the impending war against fascism or whatever, like, I don't want to be the guy that it says on my gravestone, here lies Chuck, died of dysentery. <laughs> It'd be appropriate considering I write westerns. I actually snuck that line into one of my books. One of my characters is like, who wants to be the poor sap whose gravestone says you have died of dysentery? Can we add a screenshot of like the Oregon Trail like, <laughs> right? and replace like your face with right? the, <laughs> the graphic? Yeah. <laughs> oh, me, 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 me. <laughs> okay, so yeah. Even mundane things like asthma and emphysema are exacerbated by climate change, especially when the respiratory systems of the coronavirus added in. Smog from wildfires actively make these conditions worse. Thyroid problems are increased by heat exposure. We can plan for an increased rate of skin cancer in people who work outside without the benefit of the ozone layer. There's myriad ways it will worsen and I can't even try to think of them. I mean, I could, but to what end? I'm already struggling enough with life right now. Uh, so all we do is laugh. So there's also the possibility that the melting sea ice could potentially release frozen bacteria from before we developed immunities, wiping us all out in a pandemic that makes coronavirus look like the flu. We will be facing more pandemics before we stabilize. Given our non-response to the last pandemic, we can easily envision how devastating the potential next one will be. Okay, so it's getting a little dark. It's getting a little heavy. So I think we need to go to our safe spot and we need to take a minute and think of Ronald Reagan burning in hell. So let's just take a minute. My fellow Americans. Nancy, Nancy, it's hot, Nancy. <laughs> <laughs> what? Where are you, Nancy? <laughs> I killed all the gay people. 
with my non-health with the AIDS. The best part is him like having Alzheimer's in hell, and every day he forgets like, <laughs> why the he's the in hell. That he's in hell. Yeah. It's like fifty first dates. <laughs> it's fifty first war criminals or something. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. See, that's what we needed. Now we're laughing. We can get back oh to this. Oh my god! I just remembered I'm in hell. <laughs> Rumsfeld, is that you? <laughs> <laughs> Little Georgie Bush, how good to see you. <laughs> okay, so yeah, back to the, the scary stuff. Uh, okay, so yeah, pandemics. Our ability to deal with these pandemics are going to be tied into our infrastructure. Oh, yeah, you didn't think all those power lines, internet cables, roads, and such were going to be fine, did you? Well, Noah says, quote, Extreme weather events that bring heavy rains, floods, wind, snow, or temperature changes can stress existing structures and facilities. Increased temperatures require more indoor cooling, which can put stress on an energy grid. Suddenly heavy rainfall can lead to sudden heavy rainfall can lead to flooding that shuts down highways and major business areas. Nearly 40% of the United States population lives in coastal countries, meaning millions of people will be impacted by sea level rise. Coastal infrastructure such as roads, bridges, water supplies, and much more is at risk. Sea level rise can also lead to coastal erosion and high tide flooding. Some communities are projected to possibly end up or below sea level by 2100 and will face decisions around managed retreat and climate adaption. End quote. Yeah. That's fun stuff. It, don't worry, folks. It's not just the coastal areas, too. It's right. going to be everywhere. I was reading about this. Kansas City is in the, t or I read is in, according to some source, I don't remember, in the top five cities most likely to be impacted by climate change in the U.S. Did you know that? I Urban heat island effect. Kansas City has so many parking lots and useless freeways yep. that, and like so little open space. Well, and also Kansas City being right on the Missouri River, which is the second largest river, you know, yeah. in America. When what happens when all these feeder streams dry up or all have torrential rain? And I mean, Bloody I remember the flood in '93. Like I lived here in Lawrence. We lived about I'm six a blood blocks baby. from there. I was born there yeah. yeah. So. My well, house okay, so we know who to blame. If you want to bring a lawsuit, uh, just DM me. I will get him. Good thing this is a godless heathen show. Uh, but yeah, so that'll affect. And then also, I think that there'll be, like, because we are a hub. I don't know. I have a feeling that the fact that we are in the middle of the country will put us at risk for basically climate refugees as well people will pass through here because that's where the roads that we have laid and the paths we have laid it's a major connecting point and i think that that's going to be gonna be a good time to not live here that's why my plans are to be gone by then <laughs> where are you gonna go ain't nobody's business but the me and the feds <laughs> no seriously i'll send y'all an invite once i get my cult up and running you know I mean, it's not a cult if you're just one guy. Then Only hot girls invited. Well, no, no, no. I mean, you gotta have people to do the work, and I'll put the hot girls to work. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not misogynist like that. I mean, I'll, I'll reverse gender roles in my, in my cult. We're, we're gonna. But I mean, it's anyway. Enough about my cults. It's not even plug time. <laughs> For a later episode. Right. I still got a bunch of indoctrination to do. <laughs> uh, let's see. So yeah. We've already seen how the infrastructure failing might play out in Texas. 
when the recent heat waves last year and cold snaps last year hit. Their grid, which is a privatized entity and the only privatized power grid in America, couldn't handle the load and shut down. I actually have a typo there and wrote shit down, which I think... Accurate. Yeah, accurate. (laughs) That's probably why I didn't correct it. Um, Yeah, so they shut down, and uh, where am I? Old people and immunocompromised people lost their lives, but at the same time, the big box stores managed to keep their ACs blowing, and those weather quote-unquote anomalies are the least severe we will face. Imagine if the temperatures regularly hit 120 degrees in an area that usually sees 90 at the extreme tops, like the Northwest, you were just saying. That's what Europe recently went through last summer, and they don't normally have extreme heat. Most homes aren't prepared for it. When the heat went over, when the heat went over what's considered normal, people died. Yeah, we're pretty fucked. <laughs> I don't think that climate change will be taken seriously or, or solved until... High school football in Texas is seriously threatened. Right. Light shortages, mm-hmm. things of that nature. Yeah. Uh, that's when I think we'll really p- pick ourselves up from our bootstraps <laughs> right. and, ta- and challenge this thing head on. At the point where, you know, it's going to go on for another 200 years and we can't do anything about it. But, you know, what's that saying? Better late than never, right? That's, that's the Democrats' motto when uh, it comes to climate change. Uh, but I'm I'm trying not to get into the politics too much. I don't think I mean, climate change is not political whatsoever, guys. <laughs> right? Not at all, never been politicized. Everybody's always agreed. Um, so yeah, we're pretty fucked. But on that note, let's swing to what all this stuff might do to society in general. Again, if you haven't ever listened to Robert Evans' "It Could Happen Here" series, the beginning of the second season is all about climate catastrophe. It's now a weekly show that they talk about kind of the same vein stuff I talk about, very heavy influence on what I do. Mad respect to Cool Zone Media for putting that out. So you should check out at least the beginning of that second season that will be really more detailed in how all the infrastructure ties together and how people react and migrate and all that. But, you know, go do that. What, I'll pause the show. You you have a pause button. You can come back. I'm giving you permission. Go do that right now. And then you can come back. Okay? And you're going to do it. Because you're going to listen to Daddy, right? That's what I thought. I like the adjective change we've had for climate whatever it is. It started out, it was like, climate change? And then it was climate catastrophe. And now it's like, collapse right (laughs) it's like you remember the terror alerts back in the war on terror it's like yeah we went from like you know yellow now we're up in orange now we're up in orange red we're still not red you know it's getting more and more red but there's another 32 colors before we get there (laughs) according to those in power um so yeah uh, check out it could happen here but we're gonna talk right now about what do you know about eco-fascism uh i know about eco-marxism and i'm pretty sure that's the polar opposite so so take a stab at it (laughs) (laughs) um eco-fascism utilizing (laughs) climate change to benefit to seize power and uh exercise minorities from society yeah yeah etc etc essentially using various ecological issues to bring in fascism and in case it's it's not clear 
by, you know, the titles of my show or the references I make to punching Nazis. I don't like fascism, no matter what brand. Yeah, this is a Zionist podcast. Yeah, right. <laughs> Watch it, but <laughs> I don't think I have any listeners in Israel, but if I do, I would like to keep them. There's a reason I am not discussing that on the air. If you guys are interested about my thoughts about the Holy Land, I'm happy to have that conversation in real life. Y'all leaving your phones inside, though. <laughs> uh, yeah, so ecofascism. We discussed it a bit off and on in the fascism episode, and I guess I thought this this new season needed some fascism. It's like four episodes into the new, new we season. We love fascism, don't we, folks? Yeah, I haven't, haven't talked about fascism in a minute. I've been trying to get a hold of Amy and Amanda to do the other, like, two episodes I have about fascism. But eco, eco, eco-fascism. And so... I love to talk about why we need to punch Nazis. Well, we're here now, so let's talk about ecofascism. From the excellent political analyzers at Teen Fucking Vogue. <laughs> Dude, they rock. Who knew Teen Vogue would become a mouthpiece for revolution? Yeah, they're so awesome. <laughs> it's like, you know, one page is like, you know, cute outfits for summer, and then the next page is an add on that's like cute outfits to burn down a cop. Where to buy an AK 47. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Karl Marx's big daddy. <laughs> yeah, dude. Uh, yeah, so, so from on. from our buddies at Teen Vogue, an article by Adrian Corsione. Corsione? Marx, Kramsky. I don't know. Uh, Lenin. Teen Vogue. <laughs> I can't pronounce Italian names. Kramsky. <laughs> Kramsky. <laughs> I think he wrote about the Ogala. Right. <laughs> Okay, uh, the title is Ecofascism, What is it, Why it's Wrong, and How to Fight It. Quote, Fascism can be defined in many different ways, but typically the oppressive ideology has characteristics rooted in white identity and violence against marginalized people, such as black and brown people, immigrants, and those in the LGBTQ community. Vice describes ecofascism as an ideology which blames the demise of the environment on overpopulation, immigration, and over-industrialization. Problems that, follow, problems that followers think could be partially remedied through the mass murder of refugees in Western countries. Sound familiar, huh? There's a whole yeah. continent that right? is kind of hip to this stuff. Yeah, right? Over across the ocean over there. <laughs> across the ocean, man. You mean across the county. I got some maggot guys over here that would be totally down with that. <laughs> Honestly, like, they wouldn't be down with it phrased in such a way, but I bet I could phrase, because I'm, I'm a good writer, but I could phrase that in such a way that I could get a Democrat to agree that they're a fascist. Yeah, you for know? sure. Um, but, again, I'm trying not to dump on Democrats in this episode. <laughs> um, so, actually, hold on a second. Do, 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 do. Okay, all right, cool. Yeah, I thought so. So, guess what? I, uh... I'm about halfway through this uh, script. So we're actually going to go ahead and call this episode, and we will be back talking about ecofascism and a bunch of other things that I don't know because I don't remember the script. And part two, which you will probably hear in a few days, but we are going to take a quick... Well, I'm going to take a smoke break, and then we will <laughs> probably hop back. So, yeah, Joe... Anything you want to plug? Uh, not really. Okay. Not really. Okay, so check out Not Really at Not Really Place. I do have a blog that I'm working on, but 
it's still in the works. So okay. Next cool. time, maybe next time I'm on, I'll I'll share that. Okay, I'm I'm gonna tell you now. It's on the record. You have something to plug next time you come on okay, here, goddamn. <laughs> yeah. Like I said, I'm trying my hand at freelance writing, so I'm building up my portfolio and like my blog, but it's still in the works. So. Awesome sauce. All right, so yeah, this is Red Leg Revolution. You can find us on Facebook and YouTube at Red Leg Revolution. On Twitter, at YouTube Pod, at least until I decide that that particular bird is cooked and I... The goose is cooked. Find a better Remember platform. auto-tune the noose? <laughs> the goose is cooked, cooked, Dude, I wish the auto-tune on this program worked. Like, it used to Can work. Can we do this whole podcast and auto-tune something? No, my auto-tune product or, uh, project thing broke. The, the registration key doesn't work. Man, we got to get on that. <laughs> right? That I would think, be amazing. I think it's only 80 bucks, and yeah, that would be like a bonus episode. The first socialist fully auto-tune right? podcast. <laughs> Kyle Marx was We're not inspired by Kanye. <laughs> right. Well early Kanye. Yeah, we missed the old <laughs> So yeah, uh, you can also find us on uh, Patreon. I have content going up there, exclusive content to Patreon. For example, I don't have video of this episode because I'm needing a script for it. So instead, I'm going to upload all the unedited audio, which there's not a whole lot, but you get to hear the, the funny conversations and mic checks and I don't know... Uh, yeah, just check it out. There's Sexual videos. Sound. Well, uh, 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 well cats me yeah, well, yeah, you know, gunshots. <laughs> I was listening to that, you know, uh, I was listening to Paper Planes, you know, and just bam, bam, bam. <laughs> I think I might have hit my neighbor. I'm really sorry, but she didn't text me, so I think it's okay. Oh, um, yeah, so thanks for listening. We will be back in part two. And remember, our only hope is each other. Peace. Big oil and all the motherfuckers who. Fuck them all to death. Yeah, <laughs> fuck them to death. That's it. Alright, we're out. This has been a production of 419 Media. <laughs> Got a minute.